You're about to hear a challenging message from Pastor Josh Burks at the Ashburn Baptist Church, Chicago, Illinois. that you're back today. Man, it has already been an awesome service. It's good to be back in church. Amen. Hey, let's give God our praise real quick. What an incredible past couple of weeks we've had. I mean, just last week alone, did you know that over both of our campuses and all of our services, we saw seven people enter into the family of God. Is that amazing or what? Wow. Over the past four weeks here at Ashburn, we've seen six people saved Three people baptized after today because there's one coming here in just a few minutes and over 30 first-time guests. Guys, God is on the move. I don't want you to miss it because I think we're, we're seeing and witnessing a miracle on South 83rd. Man, I think God is moving in a way that we can't even explain or imagine. And I really, truly believe the best days are yet to come. And what we've seen is nothing compared to what we're about to see. Because God is breaking some things loose here. And I can't wait to see God continue to move and continue to bless. We're starting a brand new series today called Open Heart. Everybody say, Open Heart. Open heart. Today's the day. The heart is one of the most complex and vital organs in the entire human body. So goes the heart, so goes our health. So goes our heart, so goes our health. But not only is it crucial for our physical survival, the health of our spiritual heart is vital to our eternity. And too often, I don't think we truly understand the condition of our heart. Too often, we don't understand the condition of our heart. But God knows everything there is to know about you, too. He knows your actions. He knows your thoughts. He knows your words. He knows your decisions. He knows everything there is to know about you. That includes your failures. That includes the times where you've messed up and screwed up, and that's including the times where you have a ton of regret. You can't escape God's wisdom. You can't hide from God's eyes. He knows everything there is to know about you. And don't miss this, Ashburn. He still loves you. God knows every single thing that there is to know about you, and he still loves you. He still accepts you, and he's still welcoming you into his family. He still died for you. Even though he knows every time you failed, he still loves you, and he's welcoming you in. Our God truly does know everything there is to know about you. And David is perhaps one of the most courageous people in all of the Bible. David was a guy who defeated a lion with his bare hands. David is the guy who defeated that behemoth giant named Goliath with just a sling and some stones. David's a pretty brave guy, but I think maybe the most courageous thing he did was say a prayer. He said a prayer. I think it was perhaps his most courageous act in his whole life. We find it in Psalms chapter 139. I call this prayer the heart patience prayer. Everybody say the heart patience prayer with me. Ready? The heart patience prayer. You say, Josh, why is it so courageous? Why is it so brave to pray this prayer? Because if you choose to pray it today, I want you to know you can expect God to change some things about you. If you pray this prayer today, you can expect God to mix things up in your life. All right, Josh, then why in the world should I pray this heart patience prayer? Because even though this prayer could be dangerous to your comfort, I think it's necessary for your health. And I think it's necessary for my health 
Today, I want to take a look at this prayer and challenge you to step out by faith. And this morning, pray this prayer, the heart patience prayer. This prayer has four parts, and we find the first part right away in verse 23, where the Bible says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Search me. If David already said, God, you know everything there is to know about me, then what is David saying here in verse 23? If David just took the past 22 verses to, to declare that his God knows everything there is to know about him, then why is he saying, God, search me out a little bit more? Don't miss this. Because David is asking God to reveal to him what God has already revealed to him. What is he asking God to do? Here's what he's saying. I think he's saying, God, search me out and really, really know me, even know my heart. Don't just see my actions. Don't just see my words. See my heart. See my intentions. See the reason I do the things that I do. Search me out. And I love how David gets right down to the heart of the problem. Because the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. The Bible says that the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can know it? And David says, God, I know who can know it. You can know it. And so God, search out my heart. Tell me if there's anything that you see in there that doesn't fit my lifestyle as a Christian. Search me out and see if there's anything that shouldn't be in there. Check out my heart. Check it out. I wonder if you ever prayed that before, Christian. Have you ever prayed, God, search out my intentions? Tell me if I have any wrong motives. Like, am I serving for the right reasons? Am I worshiping for the right reasons? Am I parenting for the right reasons? Am I doing everything I'm doing for the right reasons? Because what is the right reason? God says, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That means when you're checking out your intentions and you're saying, hey, am I doing this or that for the right reason? Well, all you got to do is ask yourself, am I doing it for the glory of God? So check your intentions this morning. Why are you working? Are you doing it for a paycheck or are you doing it for the glory of God? Why are you parenting? Because you have to or because you're doing it for the glory of God. You see, everything that we do, we must do for God's glory. Why do I do the things that I do? Through the years, I've found myself praying this prayer. And as I pray it, God has revealed some things about me that, frankly, I don't like. As I said, God, search me out. God did. And then he revealed to me some things that were a little bit off. Actually, here's a pretty good way to say it. Do you guys like the chair you're sitting in right now? Man, are those things way more comfortable than the pews we used to sit in? Justin, you remember those old pews you used to sit in? Man, if you're tall, anybody tall, if you're tall, raise your hands. We'd sit down in those pews and your knees would just be digging in front of you, right in the pew, right in front of your face, right in front of you. Man, it was tight. You'd be having to move around the whole sermon thinking, Josh, when are you almost done? But now it is plush. It is comfortable. It is soft. It is extra wide. But there's something about that chair that you probably don't know. In your chair right now, there's three people seated in it. Right now, the chair you're sitting in, there's three people. The person that you think you are, the person that other people think you are, and the person that God knows you to be. And yet a lot of times in our life, we arrive in a place where we think we know better than God, but God knows the real us. 
In fact, he's probably the only person that knows the real us. And when we pray this prayer, we're saying, God, I don't care what I know. I don't care what others know. What do you know about me? There have been times I've prayed this prayer and I've realized that God knows me better than I know myself. In fact, even recently, I, pr- I prayed this prayer, God, search me. And he started to show me some motives in my life that were off. Like one of the reasons why initially we really wanted to come to the Chicago campus. And as God began to open these doors and these conversations began, one of the reasons that sounded really attractive in my mind was to get away from some drama that was going on in Orland Park. And that's a good reason, but it's not the right reason. And as I continued to pray this prayer, God, search me. Another reason that sounded pretty good was I'm going to have an opportunity to lead in a higher capacity. And that's a good reason, but it's not the right reason. And God began showing me all these wrong motives in my life. And he began peeling those layers of my life off until he got to the heart of the problem. It was me. And over the next few weeks, God began to shift my focus back to where it needed to be. Back to just reaching people for Jesus. Back to just preaching the gospel and seeing people get saved and baptized. And and I'll tell you, that's the reason why Kara are here right now. That's why we're here. Because we want to see people in South Chicago come to know Jesus. We know that if they don't, they're going to spend eternity without him in hell. And so we want the world to know that there's a way out. We want the world to know that Jesus loves them so much that if they put their faith in him, they'll be saved. And that's why we're here. That's our motive. But it took this prayer for me to get to that place. God, search me. I wonder in your life right now, do you have the right motives? Are you doing things for the right reasons? Are you parenting for the right reason? Are you working for the right reason? Are you serving for the right reason? Are you doing what you do for the right reason? I believe that all of us should pray this prayer this morning. God, search me out and know my intentions. Secondly, God, Try me. He continues it on. He says, search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. He says, David says, God, not only do I want you to search out my intentions, I also want you to check out my thoughts. But pause. I thought just a minute ago, David already did that. He said, God, you know my thoughts before I even think them. He says, you know the words that come out of my mouth before I even say them. He's already admitted you know my thoughts. So what is David saying here? Is he being repetitive? Is he talking about it again? I don't think so. You see that word thoughts comes from a Hebrew word that's translated to serape. And thoughts is a wonderful translation of that word. But if you continue to study it, it also means my concerns, my anxieties, my cares. You see what you think about is what you care about. I wonder today, do you care about what God cares about? Do you think about what God thinks about? How can you even tell that? How can you even answer that question? I think we find the answer in Philippians 4, where the writer says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of a good report, if there's any virtue and if there's any praise, Think on these things. As I started praying this prayer, God, know me. God, try me. Know my thoughts. Know my cares. He brought that verse to my mind, Philippians 4.8. Do you know what I find amazing about that passage? 
is as you read it, it doesn't say whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are about you. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say, hey, think about whatever makes you better. Think about whatever makes you more comfortable. Think about whatever makes you more happy. It doesn't say that. It says think about whatever's honest and true and lovely and of a good report and wise. Think about these things. God doesn't say whatever's true, whatever's honest, whatever's just, whatever's about you. You see, the moment we start thinking about ourselves more than we think about what God wants for us, our thoughts are off. And there have been times in my life where I prayed this prayer, God, try me, check me out. And he began to reveal to me that in some areas I thought about my, myself more than I thought about him, more than I thought about others. And when we go in for our spiritual heart checkup today, if you find areas in your life where you care more about yourself than you do about God and you do about others, they might be just a little bit off. And maybe we need to pray this prayer this morning because the only person we ever think about is ourself. What we want, how we want it, when we want to have it, what we need, where we want to go, what we want to do. And yet God is saying, hey, what, what about what I want? Hey, I know everything there is to know. I know what's best for you. Why don't you think on these things? We need to pray, God, try me, know my thoughts, know my cares, match them to yours. Here's a third part of this prayer. See me. See me. Search me, O oh God. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way, grievous way in me. David says, after you've searched me and know my intentions, after you try me and know my cares, I need you to see me and know all of my actions because God, if there's any wicked way in me, if there's any sin in my life, I want you to make me aware of it so I can get rid of it. I know how dangerous it is to my heart. I don't want it. Hey, right now, if the Holy Spirit of God is working in you, He's showing you an area of your life that's wicked. He's showing you an area of your life that is selfish. He's showing you an area of your life where your motives are off. Are you ready to remove it? Are you ready to do whatever it takes to get it out? Because I want you to know it's dangerous to your spiritual health. It's dangerous to your heart. Are you ready to ask people for forgiveness? Are you ready to forgive? You need to be. Because if you pray this prayer, God, search me, God, try me, God, see me, he's gonna expect you to change some things up. He's gonna ex expect you to fix some things, to adjust some things. He might expect you to make it right. We were brought here by one of Ashburn's previous pastors. He recruited us, trained us, loved us, helped us. We loved him, appreciated him. And then he messed up. He fell into sin. And I became so angry at him. So, so, so bitter against him because his sins had consequences and his sins consequences were affecting me. They were affecting my life, my ministry, me. I was preparing to preach a message to our students in Orland when I was a student pastor 
about forgiveness and bitterness. And it actually came to that Wednesday when I was gonna preach that message in the morning when I was studying for it. And it was like God said, you can't preach this. You can't preach this unless you're willing to live this. You can't preach it. I tried to, the whole day I fought it until finally I came to a place where I was like, he's right, I can. So I called that pastor up on the phone and I said, hey, I went through this whole story and I told him everything. And I said, pastor, I'm asking you to forgive me. And I'm telling you that I'm, I'm forgiving you even if you're not asking for it, I'm sorry. And I forgive you. It was one of the most awkward conversations I think I've ever had. Like at the time, I hated it. <laughs> like I didn't wanna have that conversation, but right now I'm so grateful I had it. Because when God saw my heart, he saw some things that were a little bit off. He made them known to me and then he expected me to fix them. And today, if you pray this prayer, God, search me, God, try me, God, see me, you can expect to be made a little bit uncomfortable. But I want you to know something amazing. It's often in your discomfort that you'll find direction. It is often when you're made the most uncomfortable that God begins to speak to you, make things known to you, begin to direct you and show you exactly what he's expecting you to do, where you're supposed to go, how you're supposed to live. He's just gonna start talking. That's the fourth part of the prayer. God, lead me. He says, search me, God, know my heart. Try me, know my thoughts. See if there's any grievous way in me and then lead me in the way everlasting. You see, until you and I are ready to turn from our sin, I think a lot of times we can't receive the guidance from God that we need. You can't see where he's leading you. I think a lot of times people pray, God, lead me, God, help me, God, direct me. But they never pray the first three parts. God, know me. God, search me. God, try me. God, see me. We skip that part. God, lead me. And I think a lot of times it doesn't work like that. God's leading often follows discomfort because we have to be righteous to be directed. We've got to be living correctly to be directed. Karen and I drove through to Missouri. Keaton did too, a couple months, a month ago. On our way down there, we hit so many bugs, so many bugs driving through the cornfields, just splattering all over our windshield. We drove all the way out to where Robbie's wedding was. We did the wedding, we were leaving. I put the address back in my GPS to get to the hotel and as we were driving back, the directions were speaking to me from my phone, but I couldn't see very well out of my windshield. I actually had to stop at a gas station and wipe all of the guts off my windshield because I couldn't see. I was receiving directions but I couldn't see where I was going. And I think that's a crazy picture of how we look when we're asking God to direct us, but we're looking at our life through a dirty windshield. He's speaking to us and he's directing us, but we can't really see where we're going because we've got so many things in our life that shouldn't be there. In 1853, a young preacher named Hudson Taylor was making his final voyage to China but his boat was delayed near New Guinea because the winds had stopped. A rapid current began to direct their ship directly into a coral reef and they were in extreme danger. Even the rowers began to try to move the boat, but they couldn't move it because the current was so strong. They were doomed. 
The captain called everybody together and said, we've tried everything we know to do. We don't know what else to do. Hudson Taylor spoke up and said, well, we haven't tried everything. He grabbed three other guys who were Christians on the boat that he knew of. They all went to their own quarters and began to pray, God help us, God direct us, God send a wind. In the middle of this conversation with God, he received confidence from God that God was gonna send a wind. So he went back up to where the captain was aboard the ship and he said, Captain, let down the sails, a wind is coming. The captain said, nope, there's no wind, look around. But as he was saying no and telling Hudson Taylor why, he saw just a breeze through the wind and his sails just began to shuffle the bottom of his sail. And so he did just that. They threw their, their sails up and they were able to escape. Today, I wanna to say something. If you're looking at your life and through the word of God today, you've seen a ripple in your life. You almost see the wind of the spirit begin to moving through your life and he's talking to you and he's convicting you and he's wanting to direct you, but he's made it known some areas in your life and your heart that are just a little bit off. Drop everything you're doing and make it right. Ask God to forgive you. Don't be afraid to pray this prayer. If the Holy Spirit is moving in you and working in you and you feel him moving in your life, don't be afraid to cry out, God, know me. God, see me. God, try me. God, lead me. I think it's time for some of us to have a spiritual checkup this morning. I think it's time for some of us to go to God and say, God, how's my heart? It's a courageous prayer. Thank you for listening. If you don't already have a church home, please join us for one of our upcoming worship experiences. We would love to connect with you. Ashburn is a wonderful community where you can grow in faith. You can follow us at ashburnbaptist.chicago or visit at 3647 West 83rd Street, Chicago, Illinois. Thank you.